My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We are almost at the end of this journey that is bringing us closer and closer to your birthday, my Lord, to the day of your nativity, to the day that changed history forever. And speaking about journeys, I remember once I was on a ski trip and we got stuck really early into the snow because it was a blizzard and a journey that should have taken 20 minutes from the ski resort to our house took us four hours and we were rescued by the police and uh, got home and I remember that day very well because it's scary when you're in the middle of a blizzard everything is confusing there's no sense of where the direction of my house is or my destination and uh, and it's cold obviously Advent and the whole journey of the Old Testament is similar. The confusion after the original sin, the mess in history took so long to repair, to be repaired. But the good news is that uh, going through that gives us a sense of atonement, a sense of gratitude, because we're getting finally to the gates of the encounter with you, of, of heaven. And heaven started in this world to be a reality when, as the Gospel of today says, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth after centuries, after thousands of years. And it is very beautiful to see what happened and to compare or to connect that visitation to the moment of the original sin when a guardian of Eden put a sword to protect heaven, to, to split for years the relationship between God and men. And then to, to see how God, with his infinite patience, you, my Lord, with your providence, you drive us to, towards the destination that is the encounter with you. So let's read the gospel with this connection between Adam and Eve and then the new Eve, that is Mary. The angel Gabriel was sent from God. What a gift that you sent your angel to this little girl, a virgin, Mary. The tradition of the church says that she was 17 years old, a junior in high school, right? And, uh, and then she was betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And when the angel came to her, as we repeat every day when we pray the rosary or when we pray the angelus, with refinement, with almost with a music that is subtle, is soft, but is tender and affectionate, he greeted her, hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And the gospel says that Mary was greatly troubled at what was said, and I imagine her blushing a little bit, right? little girl there praying in her room and ponder what sort of greeting this might be. 
in her humility, in her purity, Mary doesn't understand such an honor. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great, and we will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. What a panorama for a Jewish girl, for a virgin that uh, was offering herself not to be the mother of the Messiah, not to be in the line of succession of King David. What a surprise. Mary, in her prayer, years before, understood that God was asking her to be a virgin forever. And all her classmates or her friends were actually praying for the contrary, for being in line of King David's dynasty and then maybe be lucky enough to be part of that chain that connected with the Messiah. So huge sacrifice, huge humility and purity when Our Lady praying gave up that possibility to God. And then what a surprise today when she's in her prayer receiving such a message, right? And then we learn from Mary many things, but uh, one of the things that I think is more attractive is her readiness to use all her talents with freedom to adapt herself to the plans that God has for her and, and to put things in the big picture. How important is this Is this for me, my Lord? To put things in the big picture. The history of salvation is the history of my contribution to salvation as well. And uh, all the talents that I have, first of all, my faith, my existence, even most uh, important one, my existence, my faith, my relationship with you, my family, my country, my life, at the service of a bigger plan. How difficult sometimes it's for me, my Lord, to forget about myself, right? And then we see, in comparison to ourselves, we see how Mary, our mother, says, and again, remember, he's a young girl, but how, so much sure, right? She says, how can this be? How, how do you want me to do this? I'm ready, but how can I help? And you see a creature, a human being, with soul and body, surrendering everything joyfully and saying, of course, tell me what and how. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. I don't have anything for myself. I don't want anything that may interfere between God and other human beings. The responsibility of Mary, her connection towards history and with other human beings, her eagerness to say, I want to be an instrument. And what about that instrument, right? Like the best instrument, the best channel that God found in history is in the in the heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary, in your heart, my mother. That's why St. Josemaria in one of his homilies in the book, Christ is Passing By, comments on this idea of vocation so strongly and so attractive to me. To every Christian, he says, to every Catholic, whatever his state in life, priest or layman, married or single, we can apply fully the words of the Apostle. Chosen by God, holy and beloved, 
chosen by God, holy and beloved. This is what we all are. Each one of his place and position in the world. Despite our errors and in the midst of the struggle to conquer them, men and women chosen by God to give witness to Christ and to bring all those who surround us the joy of knowing that we are God's children. The vocation that we have received from God to be pure, to be chosen means to be really happy and, and to be clean in my heart. Maybe in this last Sunday, the last one of Advent, my Lord, I want you to help me to have a heart. It is so important to feel my heart, not only just to protect it against impurity, which is the first thing. It's like playing defense in sport is protecting, right? But that's just the very basic idea of purity. Purity is not not having mortal sins or not having dirtiness. Purity is a growth inside us, a discernment like the Blessed Virgin Mary and saying, how can I live my vocation? In my situation, like St. Jose Maria was saying, right where we are right now, if you're married, how can I be a holy husband or wife? If you're single trying to get married, how can I foster in me the, the idea of being a father or a mother in the future? My habits, my hobbies, my occupations right now are shaping my personality. If you are called to live celibacy, how can I be a father, spiritually speaking? How can I care? Instead of uh, hiding myself in my little things, how can I give myself to others? And, and then applies to every of us the, the idea of a pure heart, engaged with the world, engaged with my friends, engaged in transforming human realities and, and not doing anything weird. At the contrary, just giving fullness of meaning to every human activity. I remember some years ago I was in Rome in the headquarters of Opus Dei. There is the crypt where San Jose Maria was buried and now it's Blessed Alvaro del Portillo. And there are many little chapels around that. And I was giving a tour to a family that was coming to visit for the first time. And I was trying to do my best, showing different parts of the building and the chapels. And one of the persons there, I think it was a wife, said to me, where is the image of Our Lady with the ring? And I said, I beg your pardon? And then she told me, yeah, someone, one of my friends told me that there's an image here with the Blessed Virgin Mary with a ring. And, uh, and I'm married, and I, I just I, I want to see it because I'm so proud of Mary with a ring like me, like a, like a normal wife. And I didn't know. So I was a little shocked and happy to hear that story, but I said, let me think about it. And then we went again through the whole thing. And, and then it was so beautiful because we realized, and I missed it for many years, that there is actually there one image of Our Lady very beautiful, very simple. And the author, which I, I don't know who he is, but anyway, the author put an, a ring in one of her hands. And then the mom saw it and the husband too, and they said, hey, that's great, let's take a picture. They were so proud of their vocation. And it is so true, my Lord. Looking at Mary inspired us, all of us. And if, um, especially in this world where we live now, to bring the idea of a family to the world, to bring the purity of heart that is joyful reality that fills our hearts. And maybe today I want to ask Jesus, I ask you and ask Mary and Joseph, fill my heart. I don't want to protect it. I want to fill it up with faces, with names, with people that I love. Right now, I want to think what's in my heart. 
I don't know if I told you the story, but I, some years ago, one of the teachers at the school where I work came to me. He was beaming with joy. He was so happy. It was Friday before school ended. And can I talk to you, Father? Sure. So we went to my office. And then, again, he was beaming. And I said, what's going on? And he told me, well, I'm proposing to my girlfriend, to my girlfriend this Saturday. And then I said, oh, wow, that's awesome. And uh, and he wanted to ask me some ideas. And so we're talking. He His plan was really cool because he wanted to go to a lake up in, in Wisconsin. And, and he had a place in the lake that was a tree and a deck. See, the, the guy had everything planned. That he was excited sharing with me the whole thing. So teasing him, I told him, hey, listen, what if, what if you, I mean, you're going to be nervous and uh, so maybe you, you're shaking and then maybe when you're trying to put the ring, maybe it falls to the water and what if you lose the ring? Oh, shut up, father. And we were laughing. But at, at some point, I we, we were talking and I said, hey, what, what if we do this? Just go to Walgreens or to Walmart and buy a fake ring that looks like gold and then you you, you fake that you just, you're nervous and you're putting the ring when you're proposing and then it falls and you throw it to the water and then you jump to the water. And in your pocket, you have the other one. And then you came out of the water with the real one. She, she will never know. And then she say, hey, I got it for you or whatever. And uh, he told me, no way, no way. And I said, hey, listen, it would be so romantic. But anyway, I don't think he did it. He didn't do it. But uh, he proposed and now they are happily married to kids. So anyway, but the, the idea that to me was very interesting was the joy. When someone is in love, he cannot stop from talking about it. That's why when we, in this last Sunday of Advent, we look, we finally meet God at the gates of Christmas, it is an encounter of joy. Of course, we have gone, Jesus, through these weeks with John the Baptist, with his advice, with the Holy Spirit, through the desert, examining ourselves, looking inside us, things that needed to be changed or polished, but all of this is not because we want to be perfect in an artificial way. It's, when, it's because we want to fill our hearts with you. We have a gift awaiting for us. And we, when you come to this world, as you did to encounter Mary, it's because you have good news for me, as you did had, have good news for Mary, right? And the temptation is to think that Mary our God, are too pure for us. That they will never match their love. And this is true. So it, it could be a good starting point to begin with. But the good news is that our Lord changes us. When we read the gospel, and this is something that Pope Benedict said many years ago, it's not like reading Wikipedia to have some data about something. It's not information, it's transformation. It is a book that has a power, not a magic book in the sense of a science fiction or not. It has the power that is a story that continues today. It is transforming me because God is alive and Mary is alive. It's not a legend that inspires me. It transforms me. So maybe your imperfections, my imperfections, being a reality that we all touch with our own hands, should not stop us from trying from opening to what God is bringing to you today, where you are right now, God is coming. And maybe you and I are surprised, like Mary. How can this be? Or or she was 
troubled. I would have said, I'm troubled. God caring about me? There are 7 billion people in the planet right now, more or less. God is actually coming to me personally? Seriously? To me? With my past? To me? With my limitations? And the good news, again, is that God is coming to change you. Not to inform you about your limitations, but to tell you that you can be changed. I can be changed. That's, that's vocation, calling to a better situation in life, to a more happiness at the end, right? So let's be realistic and at the same time open to divinity, open to divine intervention in our history. We live in a world that is so secularized that sometimes we forget about it or we just think that this is a fairy tale. It is so beautiful that it cannot be true. No, it is true. God is more real than yourself. And God is bigger than all your sins together. And God wants to be part of our, our history today as he, he, did, he did 2,000 years ago when he went to Nazareth. I was having dinner with a family a few years ago. And I was, it was really beautiful because the family, I, I love the family a lot. And the first time I went to their house for dinner, I think it was in the living room or in the kitchen, they had this sign, big one, made out of wood, that said something like, you may call it chaos. We call it family. And that was it. You entered into the house and you always, you will always see that sign. You may think that it's chaotic, and maybe it is. But we call it family. And I thought, this is really cool. This is really inspiring. Because they were trying, as we do, to be better. But at the same time, there's a, an you know, openness to, this is not the end. God is not static. My vocation is not something that happened in my wedding or in my ordination. It is a continuous growing in my opening myself to God and, and allowing him to change me. So don't, today, let's ask already, I don't want to shut the door to, to, go, to God and, and say, well, there's nothing you can do here. That would be so terrible, so, so sad. And also because our Lord is very happy to be part of your family or to be part of you of your life. Saint Jose Maria in this homily that I was mentioning in Crisis Passing By mentions how attractive, how inspiring the families were during the persecutions of the early Christians in the Roman Empire. And he says, families no different from other families of those times, but living with a new spirit which spread to all those who were in contact with them and this is what the first Christians were. And this is what we have to be. Normal people, spreading good news. Normal families with imperfections, but with love. So the question today that our Lord is maybe asking you is, can you go beyond describing what you have? Can you go beyond analysis? Are you open? to go beyond diagnosing or diagnosis. Are you open to healing? We all know, you know, the description of the world where I live from the materialistic, realistic point of view. That's fine. Do you understand that you can go beyond this? Are you accepting my visitation? Are you open to that? And Jesus, with all my heart, I want to say yes. Obviously, I am the son of the handmaid of the Lord. 
and I will obey my mom, Mary, in everything. And she will obey you always. She will always give herself to you, not in an obedience that is blind and absurd, but in an obedience that is connecting both hearts, both hearts connecting at the same time. That's a discernment that we learn from Mary. Her introspection was not just analysis, was openness to help. And that's the beauty of Mary. Openness to more, to more happy, to more happiness, to more to happier life, right? And, um, and that's what we can learn and imitate from Mary, my mother. I want to do that. There is this German tradition, I think it's Austrian actually, that uh, has a name. I, I'm trying to pronounce it well now. It says something like Herbert Sachin or something like this. And apparently the tradition that they do in Austria is in some parishes, they have images of Our Lady and they have one that is particularly beautiful thing. And then they, they just, during Christmas, in preparation for Christmas, they allow the parishioners to have it at home. And every day there's a family that has the gift of having Mary there, that statue that is particularly beautiful. And they pray. And they allow Mary to enter into their house and they make a, a special room for her. And Mary stays there for a day. And they probably pray the rosary. Or maybe they talk to her just naturally and uh, filially, like with normalcy, right? Like you talk to a mom. I don't know where you would put that image. I don't know. Maybe in the living room. I think the kitchen sometimes is the center of the family life. It could be anything, right? It could be a room. But in any case, let's make a room for Mary in our hearts. A real presence of Mary will change us. And maybe today is the day to say, that's true. Mary should be part of my interior life. And I want her, I want you, my mother, to tell me things, to tell me good memories, to help me to discern What's the best thing to do here to accompany my struggles to be part of my life pope francis was saying in one of the catechisms that he gave recently about vocation he was talking about discernment and he was saying you need to go back to your memories and learn from them like oh yeah i've been here before i've been here in this situation before and i remember what's the best outcome of this because i learned it even if it was a sin i learned what not to do, like in science, that you sometimes you experiment something, that this is what you don't do. Okay, learn and then move forward with optimism. With optimism always. This mom shared with me a struggle that she had years ago, pregnant for the fifth time and um, waking up in the middle of the night to feed the baby and the baby crying. And then apparently she went to the living room and she started crying, thinking, this is too much. I cannot do this anymore. And then she started talking to, to Jesus and to St. Jose Maria. And then she shared with me that apparently, I don't know how, but she some, somehow she saw St. Jose Maria and Jesus, or imagined them at least, sitting down in the living room in front of her. And, uh, and then they were laughing. At some point, they were, they, were, they were serious, and then she, she was talking to them, crying, and saying, this is too much, my vocation is very difficult, and I'm happy, but at the same time, and they were laughing. And at some point, she told them, what are you laughing at? That's not funny, right? And they told her, apparently, 
you are funny. We like you a lot. This is this is our dream, especially Jesus Christ was saying, this is what I what I was waiting for you to to realize that your life is really awesome, and I'm with you, and I'm enjoying being part of this. I'm really happy right now at 2 a.m. in the living room, right? And Santa Maria, once he saw Opus Dei and the message of being a saint in the middle of the world, he saw basically this. He didn't see perfect, you know, uh, untouchable people, super stiff in silence, praying in living rooms around the country in an atmosphere of almost incense in their house. No, I don't think so. I think he saw the chaos of a dad being late and smiling. And he saw the chaos of a mom trying to pray in the living room, saying, hey, kids, I'm going to pray for five minutes and then being interrupted 20,000 times with a kid with, you know, his nose, his nose bleeding and two other kids quarreling and breaking a glass and, and then interrupting her prayer and trying to fix it and second later on, you, you should apologize to each other, now go to your room and that's it. And then moving on and preparing dinner and a husband preparing a weekend with a family mindset or a boyfriend preparing a proposal, excited, or a girlfriend dressing up well to go to that date or a son, you know, waiting for his dad and hugging him when he comes back home from a trip, whatever. But then the chaos of that family or any family will never stop the love of God. Not only that, it's just the, exactly the place when he wants to be. This is exactly what Santa Maria saw, trying to encounter Jesus Christ. And that's the destination already. Mary was troubled when she heard that invitation, you and I may be troubled too. We don't get it, at least not fully, but we can react like Mary. Tell me, how can I help? And that will give us peace and direction. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.